correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPGs, a podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. What is up, folks, and welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPGs. I'm here with my friend Steve. Hello. And before we get going, we're going to talk about Everon Renewed. Yes. Eberron Renewed is an actual play podcast on the D20 Radio Network. They play in the Eberron campaign setting, and their first campaign, which I think spanned almost two years of, of broadcast time, used 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. But their second campaign, which they're, I want to say, close to a year into, or maybe even a little more than a year into right now, they've converted to the Genesis rules engine. So um, I know we're both big fans of the Eberron setting. I've listened to the show that good role play. Uh, we've actually had way back, oh geez, maybe like episode six or something. We had the GM on Eric. Yeah. Eberron renewed. Check it out. It's good stuff. Yes. Uh, Eberron's a cool setting and their actual play is really good. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about characters. Yes. Why would we ever need to talk about characters on a role-playing game podcast, Steve? I have no idea. I, I don't get it. I just play myself every time I play the game. I don't play characters. That's weird. Jack Nicholson School of RPG? Um, sure. <laughs> oh, but you know, characters, I mean, geez, you know, it's like one of those things, obviously you play a character, right? Well, I mean, how do you come up with a character? And I don't mean to say that there's any right way, wrong way, whatever. I think it's, I know for me, it depends on the day, really. For me, it depends on my brain. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm much that way. I mean, it depends on the game too, right? Because I think some games, because of how they focus, maybe, you know, you, you think of it differently. You know, we talked about it a little bit last week when we were talking about session zeros about, you know, okay, well, maybe you don't leave your session zero with a fully statted out character, but you have a framework. And by that, I kind of mean, you know, do you have kind of an outline of their personality, maybe what they do as a, as a day job, for lack of a better term? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. How do you start with characters just generally, or don't you have a standard method? Um, when I start a character, I, my general method is, is usually a bit of a mess, which, I mean, if you've listened to the podcast, nobody's shocked by that statement. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's surprised that Steve came on here and said, oh yeah, you know, when I make a character. It's a bit of a mess. Like nobody's shocked by that. What I'll do is like, I'll sit down with the character sheet or if I'm even just making NPCs. Cause like talking about characters, we're not specifically talking about player characters. We're talking about NPCs as well, because it's any characters that exist in the world. So even with NPCs with NPCs, a lot of times I will just have like shopkeep or store owner or like in a thing I'm working on, I, I have like a teacher, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and a general idea of like, this is their profession. This is what they do. And I might write like one personality trait down, like angry shopkeep. Okay, cool. Now, when I make that character or when I make that NPC, I'm going to then give them a name, give them a voice, 
give them a personality based around just their profession and maybe like an attribute that I've described for them. So one of the things that like I like to do is if you're walking into a bar, typically you walk into a bar, barkeep's pretty friendly, but you walk into a bar and the barkeeper's like, hey, get out of here. (laughs) What? No. Like, I like to do that. I like to throw my players off because they're going to be like, I want to go talk to the blacksmith. Okay. The blacksmith is like a little scrawny dude and he's going to walk up. Hey, how you doing? I, I make swords for a living. I like to subvert those expectations when I make characters because I find too many times, like it's great to follow tropes, but I find too many times with NPCs, everybody follows the same tropes with NPCs. Every NPC is this, you know, your profession defines who you are and I do it too, but more so like if you're playing a traditional fantasy setting, you know, your profession defines who you are and, and your blacksmith, he's a big burly dude or you know, your your barkeep may be like a dwarf that's, you know, standing behind the bar and wiping the bar down. Well, I've been to a couple bars. I've You know, I've been to quite a few bars. And a lot of times, you know, there's like women behind the bar. Or there's there's tall dudes, little guys, you know, like it's it's you just can't you can't build a You can, but you got to be careful building your character around the profession that they have. And I know I'm just contradicting myself at this point because I said I do that myself, but I try to subvert expectations when it comes to that type of character. When it comes to the profession, I try to subvert the expectations of the characters. Oh, I think that's that's fun. I mean, I don't know that I have a, a specific method when it comes to NPCs. A lot of times I get an idea in my head from maybe a character I read in a book or you know, when I saw the movie or on television or, you know, I, I'll get ideas based on songs too, you know, like, Oh, wouldn't it be funny to have this guy be, you know, kind of like how I envision, you know, this, you know, performer, so to speak, when they're not on stage, you know, like heavens, you know, you're running a modern game, have your players run into an EMT. That's David Lee Roth. Cause he did that for a while. Yeah. Now in, in that case, there's also the dynamic and this is diverting, but a little bit, if any of you out there heard the, his short-lived radio program, it became quickly apparent to me hearing that, that there are two people that live inside that cranium. There is Diamond Dave and there is David Lee Roth. And I'm not sure if the two really know each other. I'd say they don't. <laughs> I'd say it's safe to say they don't because I've heard him talk to a couple other people and I'm like, yep, nope. You know, like like there's there's the Diamond Dave who is the front man and then there's the David Lee Roth that was actually quite articulate and well-spoken well that's bizarre i mean there's a couple other people who have characters that are like that it's the difference between uh um andrew dice clay and the dice man like it's the you know and then you start talking about the difference between like just other you know but that's a different sort of different conversation but no i i like that where you're just like what if this person did this or and, and usually Characters don't have a defined line in my head of of what they are. Okay, but now here's just coming off that little snippet we had there. What if you did that with an NPC where you have someone who, like, so to speak, when you're dealing with them as the barkeep is one way. And if, you know, they follow you on an adventure, they're a completely different person when they're not at the bar. Absolutely. Well, you're at work and you're not at work. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. It just it occurred to me. Like, I think for me, usually what I try to do when I'm making a character, be it NPC, PC, whatever, is I find some key thing 
that intrigues me. And then I go from there. And that could be, you know, like in the cyberpunk campaign, cyberpunk red game that you tried to run until life got in the way and all that other fun stuff. For some reason, the inspiration hit me to, you know, because cyberpunk is so much right images, everything and so on. And I'd been in a funk mood in my music listening for a week or two. And so the idea came to me, well, how about I make a character based on Bootsy Collins? You know, yeah. all flash glitz. I mean, it fits the setting, right? Yeah. And so then it just came like, okay, well, so how does this person dress? How do they carry themselves, et cetera? And then I assigned the role I wanted the character to play just based on what I wanted to do with the character, not really having anything to do with the personality. Right. I think the weird thing for me is that in my head, I sort of constantly have characters rolling around. And so I just grab them when I see them appropriate. Mm -hmm. Like I'll have ideas for characters in the most random times, most random places and just be like, oh, hey, that's a character. And I usually if I'm with my friends, I'll look at them and go, let me pitch this at you because my friends at this point are like prepared for it. (laughs) (laughs) But like I'll usually just in middle conversation, I could be talking about anything and I'll be like, hey, I had an idea for a character. What do you think of this? And my buddies will be like, yeah, that's pretty neat. Or no, that's not, I don't like that. Change this to that or do this with that. And I might listen to them. (laughs) Well, you know, like it could also be just sometimes it's an image in my head. Like this is going back to a a little D and D one shot you ran. And then I think I used the character again for something else, but uh, my crazy little dwarven ranger who, Oh yeah. And, and this whole, whole idea came to me because we were going to do a one shot and I'm thinking, well, what, you know, what is something I haven't played? Like, well, I haven't done a, just a plain old Beastmaster Ranger. Like, well, wouldn't it be funny if like, okay, his, his pet's a bear, but let's say he rides him. So he's got to be small. And so initially the thought was gnome, but then I'm like, well, what if he's a dwarf and he's got a great big bushy black beard. And so if he's riding the bear, you really can't tell where bear ends and beard starts. You know, like the image in my head was just like, oh, that's, that's too much fun to, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I completely understand where you're coming from. Cause like, there's just stuff like, um, when we first played D and D together, the barbarian that I played, mm-hmm. not that he was super special, but like he had his little quirks. I thought it was neat to play a barbarian who was super calm until he wasn't like <laughs> yeah. super calm up until he raged because I was like. I was watching some movies and I'm like, you know who I like? I like the Hulk, but I don't like the Hulk when he's like, oh, I'm super angry all the time. I like the Hulk when it's when it's Bruce Banner has his stuff figured out. When Bruce is like, oh, man, you know, I just have to control my rage. I just get my stuff in order. And then now now I'm a more interesting character because I don't let the Hulk slip out every two seconds. Mm-hmm. Like the old Hulk show. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. And that was sort of where that inspiration came from. And other characters like dubs. We've talked about dubs before, but now's the time to talk about dubs. What am I doing? Wunderbar. Wunderbar. <laughs> I was sitting and I was like, when I'm making my character for the cyberpunk campaign, I'm like, I want to play a med tech and I don't know how to play him. And then I was like, well, what if he's obsessed with, what if he's obsessed with tech? I'm like, Okay, so he's he's playing into the tech side of med tech. And then what if he's like this weird German dude? And I originally it was it was um 
I don't remember what the doctor's name from Invader Zim. I want to say it's the it's the it's the dad from Invader Zim. And originally that was where I'd sort of drawn the inspiration for a character. I'm like, oh, this guy. Yeah, that's it. And then I was like, no, he's obsessed with tech. So like he drools on people who are like all modded out and like have all kinds of chrome. And, you know, like, well, maybe that's what he does for a living. He's a surgeon. He installs that stuff. And then I was like, well, what's his personality? Wunderbar. And I was, oh, there it is. There, there it is. <laughs> and it just sort of, it's all these little one plus two plus three plus four. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, it's adding all the little pieces together until you get to a flush out character. And not all characters have to be like, you don't have to write a backstory for every character. To make a character feel flushed out and lived in, doesn't necessarily need this like long drawn out backstory. You really just need the character to have good personality and an understanding of what the character is and who they are. Yeah. Like I I think some of my favorite characters that I've played or written or or run as NPCs are aren't flushed out. They're just sort of characters that live in this world and they feel lived in and they they feel comfortable. Like when we played Aberon. Mm-hmm. Remember Jimmy the the Warforged? Yes. Jimmy the Warforged, the idea with Jimmy the Warforged is that, you know, the Warforged were built for being war machines. Well, you need to be able to carry messages across battle. Well, why not use a Warforged that you can armor to get the message carried across the battlefield? Mm -hmm. Why would they need to travel at any sort of, like, what's the limits to how fast a Warforged can travel? Like, the book says this, but why? Why do they need to travel at that speed? Why can't you make a Warforged that's maybe lighter armor and moves stupid fast? And that was the idea of Jimmy is that like he just zips here to there to everywhere because he was specifically built to be a courier. Right. Well, I think that's yeah. And I think kind of what I think and what I'm hearing you say is is that kind of sometimes you think about what you want the character to do and then think about what fits doing those things. Right. That's a lot of what I, that's a lot of my, my brain. I've never had to, I'll be honest with, with you and the audience here. I've never had to analyze how I make characters. (laughs) (laughs) I've never sat down and been like, how do I do this? Well, I'll, I'll be upfront. I look, I suggested the topic, but I don't have a method per se. It's more like sometimes, sometimes it's a song lyric. Sometimes it's uh, this or that. I mean, it could be a stupid voice I made up in my head and I'm like, well, okay, well, what does someone who sounds like this, you know, what do they do? It can be so many different things. Although I, I've also noticed that I tend to, I tend to build characters differently for different games with D and D. A lot of times I've noticed that I tend to think of class race combos and then kind of build from there. And I don't know if that's like a subconscious thing that because you know, D and D inherently is a combat driven game that I'm putting utility first in that regard, or you know what I mean? Like, although I can't say that because I have that one idea that I've never really fully fleshed out that was based off a song lyric, but I might use that in a different game. So, but like, I don't know. I, I think of it sometimes. And I think this is where too, like, say you, you pick a, okay, well, I'll just say this. Let's say you're playing star Wars and you're going to play a clone trooper. Okay, well, clones, much like, you know, Warforged, like you were just talking about, they were effectively manufactured for a specific purpose. So that's 
pretty much what they know. And, you know, depending on when you're playing, whatever, you know, what does that do if, let's say, you're playing in a Star Wars game and you're playing in an era, you know, following the, the fall of the Republic, but you're playing a clone? Well, now, you know, much like, like the, where the Bad Batch is at, you're a soldier with no army to be a part of. Yeah. You know, and so then you know, it starts me thinking, well, okay, you know, what does that mean on their outlook? You know, are they going to try and find something else to subconsciously substitute for being a part of the army? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, to elaborate on this a little bit more, we've been playing in our weekly Genesis game. Mm-hmm. And I've been playing Cole and Cole is, is somebody who's been on the run. Who's like, he escaped from a prison work camp and has been on the run for a long time now. And one of the things about him is, is that his personality is itchy and twitchy. And it makes sense in my brain that somebody who's been on the run for a while would be like constantly like twitchy, constantly paranoid constantly not trusting of people who won't tell him how it is straight you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and recently in our in our game we sort of had somebody who was like not telling it to us straight and he just couldn't take it anymore and just like fight or flight kicked in and he just i'm gonna fight like i'm gonna draw my gun and we're gonna get to the bottom of this Mm -hmm. and i look at that character and i think to myself i'm like yeah that's exactly why he would be like that it's you know, he's doing this all out of self-preservation. It's, it's not, it's not out of any sort of like, you know, just paranoia. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you though, which, which came first, the escaped convict or the twitchy? Escaped convict. Yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah. I had, I had planned to build a character that was sort of an escaped convict. And then as I started playing him and playing in the group, I realized that I'm like, I'm playing this guy really twitchy. Mm-hmm. I'm playing this guy really because like the first thing he did in game you weren't there for this but the first thing he did in game was made a beeline for a character that was looking at him mm-hmm. <laughs> normal characters don't do stuff like that mm-hmm. and he just was like I'm going to go I'm going to confront this problem because I can't be having issues like this and yeah like I said the the character sort of was born out of the idea of like okay he's an escaped convict he's got this thing and He's on the run and he doesn't know if they're still looking for him or not, but he's pretty certain they are. And because he's pretty certain they're still looking for him, he's very like paranoid, very itchy, very twitchy, very, you know, skittish is maybe a way to say it. Um, Mm -hmm. You've you've played him when I play him. He's very like on edge, essentially, most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I get that completely. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't know how to describe, but yeah, it's like, I think. For me, it's just, I get an idea and then I try and expand on it. Be that, you know, something from my old life, whatever, you know, sometimes it's, it's very setting informed, you know, like, like I've been thinking about stuff recently, like, okay, well, if I was going to do this in, in this time frame, you know, what could I draw on for inspiration, you know, for a character set in say the 1980s and going, well, gee, you know, that's when you grew up. So I start trying to think back and, okay, well, when did this happen? And of course, you know, then you start looking stuff up, whatever, but it's like, okay, well, let's okay. Let's say, you know, you're really into this thing. So, you know, you're going to be kind of like this or kind of like that. And sometimes, like you said, you, you lean into tropes, sometimes you subvert them. But I think, yeah, I think a lot of it is just get an idea and then think what comes next, you know? And I don't mean this to sound rude, but 
I tend to go into characters half cocked, like most of the time, especially player characters. Player characters, I'm really bad at it. I give them a name, I give them stats, and I'm like, okay, I'll figure this out when I get to the table. <laughs> I've been guilty of that too. I I will completely agree with that. You know, depending on on the game, I I know I've done that very much. Something I try not to do, but try and and does is not always the same thing. You know, we're normal people. We're not experts. If anybody tries to tell you we're an expert, um, you tell them no. <laughs> you look at them and go, no, they're not. They're idiots. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> you have gotten that well, absolutely correct. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. But like, I guess, too, like there's stuff I've always wondered. And I think I've mentioned it, this to you before, Steve. But like, there's a couple of characters on TV that that fascinate me and I wonder like I look at an aspect of that I wonder how could I actually achieve this in like an NPC and specifically I'm thinking of actually one character in particular from the MASH television show and that's Frank Burns and I know this is kind of a dated reference but look I'm old okay <laughs> that and the, that show is where we happen to live that show has been on reruns here for years I love MASH though I've watched Match like so many times. But Frank Burns is this character, and I realized at one point an episode was on, and I realized I had this like reaction to seeing him on camera, and I was like, you know, like like oh, I you just oh, he irritates me. Yeah. And I went, how do you make a character who really never did anything all that bad, but was just that irritating? You're talking to a wrestling fan. <laughs> like, I love professional wrestling. And I specifically love the characters that you're not supposed to like. Because it amazes me when they're coming out and you got, like, old school Jericho when he was just being terrible to everybody. You're like, I hate this guy. Oh, I hate him so much. Good. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. <laughs> right, right. But, I like, I don't... I can't put together in my brain how to make that work in a game. I get where you're coming from. The only thing I could say is that, A, I wouldn't play him as, I, I wouldn't play him as a uh, player character. Oh, no. I, he has to be an NPC. And B, you you just have to play into all the things that make him insufferable. Like, you know the first couple times you see him on screen, he's just miserable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you just have to play into that. And, and I think that's the only thing you can do is that the only way you're going to make a character absolutely despised like that is to let time make them be despised. Because the reason you have the reaction to him like that is because the first time you met him, you're like, huh, I don't, this guy's a bit of a, bit of a jerk i hate this guy like i hate this guy and then the next times you're sort of like oh this guy really sucks and then every time subsequent of that you're like oh man he's back he's back <laughs> like <laughs> but that's the thing is that with especially especially villains or not even villains just antagonists in rpgs you just have to let them dwell and there's a reason i my friends have been obsessed with I have a friend that's obsessed with Curse of Strahd. And mm. I always ask him every time he brings it up, I'm like, do you play Strahd as a goober? And he goes, no, why? I'm like, because I read Strahd as, as this like 
super goober. Like I read him as like this, like guys, you killed my girlfriend. Guys, that was my wife. That's how I read Strat because that's how he's written. But, <laughs> but no, but like I said to him, I said I should run Curse of Strahd one time. He's like, you should. He's like, I'd love to see that. I'm like, yeah, because you're gonna go into Strahd's castle. Welcome to my castle. <laughs> you hate this guy. You're gonna hate him. <laughs> like, like it's just somebody that you're like, man, I really despise you because you're just such a pain. <laughs> and that's the thing is that it's just being a pain. That's the big thing. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to come up with any magic formula for anything. Maybe I should uh, message the one guy I know who's actually heel at a local wrestling promotion. See if he's got any tips. He doesn't talk. You can't message him. (laughs) (laughs) That's because you know him as his character. I know him by his... (laughs) I know, but I'm saying that (laughs) as far as a speaking character in an RPG, that's kind of rough. Well... Yeah, well, and I know a little bit because he and I used to talk. I know a little bit of some of his bits that yeah don't translate well necessarily. But no. <laughs> uh, there's a diversion for you, right? Oh yeah, no, I know a couple people. Like I, I know I. Okay, I'll say this because it's sort of weird. Wrestling isn't for everybody, but if you're really looking for good examples of how to build characters. Go watch some professional wrestling. Go watch older professional wrestling from like the 90s, the the early 2000s, even into the late 80s. Just be careful with that late 80s stuff. It gets a little too, it's a little too much about the wrestling and less about the storylines. But go start watching stuff about storylines coming into the 2000s, the Attitude Era and, and stuff like that. Because you'll learn so much about how people react to characters by just watching a little bit of wrestling. You don't even have to watch the matches. You just watch them come out, talk smack to one another, and then you can turn it off. But it tells you a lot about how, how to make your audience and make your players, which is I, it's, at the end of the day, your audience react to your characters. That's cool. I hadn't thought about that, but that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good trick. I mean, I know people that don't like wrestling and that's fine. And, but again, I, I just recommend that you don't even have to watch the wrestling. Just go watch, like go watch a couple rock promos and then you'll understand some stuff. You'll understand about charisma and, and being charismatic and, 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 you know, over the top characters. And one of the things I will say is that there's a time and a place for understated characters in RPGs. Most of the time going a little over the top is better. Most of the time. I think it depends on the genre you're trying to play in, but I think that's because it's imagination and very often you want it to be splashy and impactful. And so going over the top just a little bit kind of drives it home a little more. Yeah. I think it just, it just, it doesn't just drive it home a little bit more. I think it, it actually, it helps the other players at the table get an idea of what you're trying to put across with your character because sometimes subtlety isn't read the way that sometimes subtlety isn't read the way that you read subtlety. Yeah. Cause I've done this. I I'm, I'm absolutely guilty of this. I try to be subtle with something and it just doesn't come through. Somebody's like, Oh, I missed that completely. Yeah. And that's because I was trying to be subtle about a character, character flaw or a character trait. And it just, 
it went over your head because you weren't looking for subtlety. You were looking for something a little outrageous. Yeah. I don't know. It's a fascinating thing to think on. And yet it's somewhat times it's just hard to talk about. Yeah. It's hard to quantify. Uh, There you go. But what I will say is don't be afraid to steal characters. Oh, yes. We've talked about it before, but I'll talk about it again. Do not be afraid to steal your characters. Don't be afraid to just, you know, hey, I like this character. I'm going to yank them. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I like this, you know, I like this aspect of this character, but I don't like this character. All right, we'll steal that aspect and incorporate it into something else, you know. Yeah, take a piece from here, a piece from there. Yeah, I know some of my early RPG characters were were pulled straight from various books or, or whatever. Even some of my more recent ones are heavily inspired that way. Well, you've talked about building characters from songs. Yeah. I still, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out a good character to build from Mr. Bad Example, but. Yeah. But it's still the, the idea of like, yank, yank. Okay, cool. Now I have a character. Mm-hmm. You know, and even, you know, another great place for inspiration to me is some of these reality TV shows now. <laughs> like, not necessarily like, like the, the overly dramatic ones, although those could be fun too, because, well, they're not that far removed from wrestling, I think. But anyway, um, but like even some of the ones that are on like, like the history channel or whatever, like the, the gold digging shows or the deadliest catch or any of those, you know, where like, yes, they're on TV, but I mean, these yeah, think about what it does to somebody to, to what do you do for a living? Oh, well, I wait till it's really crappy weather. And then I go out on the ocean on a boat and play with really heavy things while the boat's rocking way side to side and waves are splashing. What do you do for a living? I drive a truck across the Bering Strait when it's frozen. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, even if obviously, but unless you're somehow playing, you know, Ice Road Truckers, the RPG, that doesn't necessarily happen. But maybe that's something your character did in their backstory. And how would, you know, what effect would that have on them as far as personality? You know, would if, if you spend hours and hours in a truck by yourself, how does that affect how you converse with people, how you deal with people? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I think what I'm trying to say in a lot of ways is maybe sometimes, you know, everyone wants to look at kind of the obvious things. And just because I'm me, sometimes I go, well, what about this weird thing over here? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> No, I, I'm in the same boat of like, what about, what about this? Or what about that? Or what happens if I take this and put that there and do this? And like, that's what you have to, like, in my opinion, that's just what you have to do. You just have to to build a character. If you're having a hard time, maybe you're having a hard time coming up with a character concept and you're like, I don't know what to do with this character. I don't want, I don't know what I want this character to be. Go listen to an actual play. Like any of your favorite actual plays, you can definitely get character ideas from them. Whether you're stealing an NPC or a player character, don't straight up steal them, maybe. I mean, but take them, tweak them, use them in the way that you see fit. Yeah. You know, I think we're, we've got most of our thoughts on this out. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've got most of our thoughts on this out. I don't know. No, I, I, I got you. So with that... Maybe it's time we move into Game of the Week. Game of the Week? Game of the Week. Game of the Week. My Game of the Week 
is going to be, I'm just going to shout it out again. Currently, DriveThruRPG is running a September sale, September starter sale. Uh-huh. Well, as of recording, it's on sale for X price, but it will be regular price, $4.99. It is everything you need to get started playing Tales from the Loop. Ah. It is the Tales from the Loop RPG starter set. It is regular price $4.99 on sale $3.49. It's a watermarked PDF. It is the rule book. It is a, a little mystery, five pre-generated characters, and a map. Is that a full rule book or like a abbreviated one? Pretty sure it's the abbreviated rule book. It's not it's everything you need to play the game. So I would say it probably has 17 page adventure, 33 page rule book. So it looks it looks like it is So it's like a like a enhanced quick start kind of thing probably right it's a it's a little bit more than a quick start probably enough to make characters okay yeah that's a that's a really neat game a little different but it's it's i'm excited (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a thing and it's happening and i want to get it on the table sooner rather than later but i uh been doing a lot of research for tales from the loop and then when i found this i was like this would be a really good resource to like if your players are sort of hesitant about buying the core rule book, you could be like, here, this is pretty much all the rules you would need. That's true. Yeah. Because I, I always like that. I like it when a quick start is sort of more than just like, oh, well, here's how like here's how to play this like one shot to give you a taste of the game. And it's actually like, here's how to actually sort of run the game until you can afford to buy or want to buy, you know, to get an actual taste of the game for what it is. Mm-hmm. So that's my pick for game of the week. I imagine I know what yours is. I'm guessing you don't because oh, I just okay. decided this before and it's something actually just recently released. Oh, wow. And okay. I'm only recommending it. Not because it's something to be honest. I'm aware of this IP. Uh, you have to kind of live under a rock if you weren't. But I know those who like this IP love it. And so that would be the new edition of the Doctor Who role-playing game. Oh, really? Yes. I never would have figured you would have picked that. Eh, well, you know. But yeah, this um, this literally just came out uh, end of July. It's from Cubicle 7. Now, it is, I mean, it's it's a new big book, right? It's It's $30 for the PDF. But... It's, you know, brand new second edition, all kinds of stuff. You know, like I know they actually, you know, the, the action system is designed to emulate how stuff works on the TV show. Like they didn't just take a role-playing game and slap Doctor Who into it. They made a role-playing game for Doctor Who. So back when I was in college, I played a slapdash Doctor Who RPG and it was bad. <laughs> I think you've mentioned this a time or two. So I'm glad to hear that the official one seems good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's from Cubicle 7, who's, you know... Yeah, they're pretty well known for, for doing good products. Well, it looks like a new and updated version of what they're calling their Vortex system. So it's it's saying the second edition makes gameplay faster, easier, and quicker to learn while keeping the dramatic action you'd expect from an episode of Doctor Who. Nice. Um, but it says that it's still compatible with the first edition. So I'm guessing, like, if you were a big Doctor Who RPG fan and you have a bunch of old edition stuff, you can adapt it very easily into the new thing. Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm sort of surprised you didn't go with, like, Warlock. Well, oh, well, that I used that a while back. Oh, I didn't But, I, but uh, I did buy Warlock this past week. 
and um, it was part of the September sale. It was knocked down to all of about $7, and I am exceedingly happy that I actually decided to finally purchase this game. And I'm going to say this. It's probably not a game for everybody, but if you're looking for skill-based, low fantasy, with a grittier tone, it is absolutely wonderful. It really is. It's it's just delightfully simple. You know, the PDF, and this is this is the first time I've actually encountered this. The PDF is actually formatted. I think it must be formatted for like a like a digest size book because a full page reads easily on my phone screen. Hmm. Like if if you have say you have, you know, your Adobe, whatever your PDF reader is up on your computer screen, and like a lot of times I'll do that on like say two thirds of my screen. I could actually fit it like I've got the pages of a book open where I've got two two full pages up on that screen and they're nice and easy to read. Like it, it's I don't know, like I said, if it's it's designed to print in like a digest size, like a six by nine or what. But it's I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I can read this without having to zoom and move the page around and this and that and the other thing. I mean, that book is it was designed as a way to be able to play Warhammer without having to deal with the Warhammer rules. <laughs> really? That's that was what the guy's whole, like he said, that was, that was his purpose. You know, he wanted to be able to play the, the enemy within with his buddies, but his buddies don't want to spend the time to learn close to 400 pages of rules. And so he wrote this warlock, which I think the PDF is 154 pages, but like I said, they're smaller pages, but it's hey. just, it's delightfully light. That's I love great. It. I, I love to hear when a game is delightfully light. And like, here's the thing that I find just th- this part. And I, this must be the like system nerd in me, but okay. It's a D 20 rollover system, right? So you're thinking, you know, like D and D pathfinder. Well, not really. I mean, it sort of is, but it sort of isn't. There are actually no attribute scores in the game. You just have skill rating. And all you do when you roll for something, if, if you're rolling against a target number, you take your skill rating, you roll your die, and that's your thing. There's no mods. There's no whatever. Like there might be occasionally be a penalty to a roll or a bonus, you know, based on the circumstance. But there's no. Okay, so I have a proficiency bonus and my attribute modifier and this that. No, it's just okay. I have a an eight in you know, a praise. Roll a d20, and this is the part of this game that just makes me giggle, right? Because it's a skill based game. And coming from the Warhammer background, which has traditionally been a D100 based game, he took a D100 roll under system and turned it into a D20 roll over system. <laughs> but he did it because the way he did it, though, is your target number, if it's not an opposed roll, your target number is always 20. Nice. So it's like, it's just, it's simple. And yeah. like, I, I'm looking at this and I'm going, gosh, this would be like so great to just, okay, quick quick and dirty little fantasy adventure you come up with, you know, character generation. I mean, the character sheet fits on one face of like a six by nine sheet of paper. Uh, You have stamina points. You have, I forget what the other, there are two like derived attributes. There's stamina points, which are effectively your hit points and, and your luck score. Okay. Everything else is skill ratings. You know, you need a D 20 and some D six to play the game. It's, like I said, it's on sale right now. Unfortunately, it won't be by the time y'all hear this, but I think normal price is only about 13 or 14 bucks for the, the main book. Yeah, Warlock's one of those ones that it's floated around and it's not super expensive at this point. No. I don't think it ever really was, but... No, like normal price is like 13 bucks, I think. What I'm getting at is that 
you know, it's it's been out long enough now that you can get your hands on a copy for a reasonable price pretty easily. Yeah, it may be a little tough to find actually in print because it's you know self-published in the UK, but I know the print-on-demand is available, and I don't think it's that expensive. But uh, yeah, if you go back and check, I believe that was the World of Darkness episode we did with Chaz that I that was my game of the week on. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember. It's hit, hit a little inside baseball for you folks. I don't remember every episode we did. <laughs> a bad memory. Um, so what? I don't remember every game of the week. What? <laughs> <laughs> I do what? What? <laughs> oh, my. But with that, I do want to make the announcement. I have posted two TikToks to TikTok. So that thing I've been threatening to do for a while now has been done. Um, more to make, come. Actually, freaking install that damn app, aren't you? <laughs> I keep finding good ones to send to you. <laughs> so that's done. Check us out on me and Steve. Uh, what is my actual TikTok? Hold on. Link is in the show notes, but the, the actual name of it is at me and Steve RPG podcast. Now I'm going to have to add that to the show notes too. Yeah. You'll have to add that to the show. I'll send you a link. Okay. Um, but links to the game of the week, uh, links to our discord, come check us out in discord links to our Facebook, Twitter, email. That's all in the show notes. Come check us out. Uh, if you're listening to us for the first time and you're like, man, I, I like these guys. We have a back catalog you can check out. And with that, you have anything else you'd like to add? Not really. Um, yeah, it's been a little bit of a crazy week, so I apologize for us being a little bit perhaps more rambly and scattered than usual, but such is life sometimes. Yeah, I know it's I know it's a little bit more sc- scrambled and rambly, but I just my brain's not all there, your brain's not all there, and be honest, it's Labor Day. What's the week after Labor Day? I'm thinking today's Wednesday. You're like, I don't know what day of the weekend. I is. thought it was Monday. Yeah, like <laughs> it's like it's... <laughs> we release the show on Tuesday, right? Yes. So normally, my my routine, I get up and I go post around on the sort of discords and stuff. Like shortly after I get up in the morning. So I get up this morning and I'm whatever and blah. blah, blah. I'm scrolling through notifications on my phone and I'm like, why is there a notif- Why did we release a podcast on Monday. <laughs> like, oh no, it's Tuesday, dummy. No, and then I'm messaging you this morning at like four o'clock in the morning talking to you about how I redid my entire fish tank because it crashed. Fun, fun, fun. But with that, we want to thank you for listening and we want to remind you to be kind to one another and get out there and play some RPGs. Yep. Take care, y'all. Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and RPGs. Find us on Facebook at Me and Steve RPG Podcast. On Discord at Me and Steve RPGs. And as always, all of these links are in the show notes. Thank you and be kind to one another. Cigar. Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that. All right, I'm back.
Are you really back? Or are you uh, just a figment of my imagination? I'm just a figment of your imagination. Okay. Hmm? Yeah? Yeah? All right, let's uh, try this again. <laughs> yeah, if anybody tries to tell you we're an expert, oh, let me try that again. Sorry about that. Stopping. Stopping, stopping. Stopping, she stop. I don't know where my brain went. I, I like, 